One, two, three, four. Just another day at my dead end profession. I've lived day to day. Yeah, listen to some good old country records on the radio. Hell, yeah, what else can I say? Oh, Welcome back to the program. I'm Ryan Shores. With me remotely is Dave Callens. Hey, what's going on? And I miss his editing and sound checking so dearly, Mr. Robert Timothy. <laughs> Woohoo! Being the tech from afar is always interesting because you're like, hey, let me help you figure out how to do this mic on Zoom. And then you're like, five minutes later, hey, let me help you figure out Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> then, then five minutes after that, like, hey, just drive over to my house and I'll lower a mic out my window. <laughs> yeah, just, I just at the end it all it all boils down to some scene where where it comes to like a th- a forty five minute head where eventually I figure out that Ryan just has the microphone plugged directly into a potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want me to hook this up to something? Oh, I smart. had a science experiment when I was in elementary school where we made a light bulb go. And if you're telling me that I could do that in elementary school and they don't have mics that run off potatoes, then you're the dumb one. I just have a, a, a cable like a scotch tape to a D cell battery. <laughs> like, yeah, it's electronics. I mean, in defense of that, though, I don't know if you guys saw it, someone just took a pregnancy test and loaded the game Doom onto it. So <laughs> what? Doom on a pregnancy test. What is really? So the technology's there. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, okay. Well, I, it would be interesting if that's how you had to get the results of a pregnancy test. Like, you had to pass a level of Doom. <laughs> Oh, man. So I want to get into this first story here. A lot of people have asked me about the details because I did post about it when it happened. And then I took that post down. I'm going to explain why I did that. My wife and her girlfriends went up to Julian and rented a cabin from an Airbnb for two nights for her, her one of her good friend's birthdays. All right. So the first night was going to be just girls night. I wasn't going. Second night, like uh, half of them were leaving. There was only four of them up there in the first place. Aaron and the rest of the girls asked me to just come up, you know, and uh, and uh, it was just a very low-key weekend. The birthday girl, basically all she wanted was a couple bottles of wine uh, and to uh, everyone to make a small dinner together and just hang out in nature, all right? That was supposed to be it, two nights. And the rules of the cabin were, were stated very simply, like no more than four people. So that made sense. I'm like, all right, well, there's four people the first night. Two are leaving, so I'll come up. That makes three people the, the, uh, the, the second night all as well. So they, they went up, and they, did a, um, they had fun the first night just hanging out, drinking wine, the four of them. The uh, second day, uh, I had some stuff to do here in San Diego. And for those of you that don't know, Julian's a mountain town about an hour and a half outside of San Diego. So It's, it's, it's less than an hour, but keep going. <laughs> Well, not not you stop at all the liquor stores on the way. (laughs) Yeah, I was was curious about your time estimate. GPS from my house was an hour and 20 minutes, Bobby. So stop, pipe down. Anyways, uh, I drive up and the the owners of this property live on an adjacent property, okay? And so it's right next to it. I accidentally pull onto their little farmland and um, a, a woman's outside doing yard work, and, I was, and she just comes over the window and goes, uh, can I help you? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I give them the address, and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we're the owners. Uh, I'm like, oh, great. That, my, my wife's staying there. This old guy comes running up to the car, real aggressive. He's like, hey, there's only supposed to be four people there. I'm like, oh, 
Totally get it. Totally get it. Two are leaving, so I'm just taking their place. So there's there's only going to be three total. And, and, How old is this guy? Um, I'm gonna say he's in his early 60s, maybe late 50s, okay. somewhere in there. And he looks real distressed about this news. So, anyways, his girlfriend or wife or whoever uh, doesn't seem bothered at all. She's like, oh yeah, right over there. But he is looking hot under the collar. So, anyways, I drive over. Two of the girls have already packed their cars up. They are leaving. One is literally driving away. I uh, just greet everyone. I start pouring myself a cocktail. And all of a sudden, the uh, birthday girl, who my wife's friend, who had rented the cabin, she's like, my phone's getting blown up by the owner. I'm like, yeah, he was being a little, little, uh, little aggressive down there. I don't know why. As she's getting blown up call after call, all of a sudden, this guy pulls up in front of the house on a little golf cart. We're all confused, but I don't think much of it. Uh, I'm like, he's probably just verifying that, you know. That one uh, person left. Yeah, two, in fact, are leaving. And by the way, one has are, is already uh, in her car. The other, like, literally is holding her bags and on her way out. So I'm like, well, this is, this is clear cut. So anyways, I, I don't think of anything of it. The, uh, I don't even go out to the porch where this conversation is happening, but I'm sitting right next to it. It's none of my business. I didn't rent the Airbnb from the guy. All of a sudden, I hear him kind of getting a little, raising his voice a little bit. That's when I start kind of like putting my ear to the door. And she, I hear my friend, uh, Kat, feverishly explaining, no, but these people are leaving. At this point, the last girl that's leaving is on the porch with their bags and also saying, no, sir, I'm on my way out. There's only going to be three people here tonight. You can do a head count right now if you want. He's like, no, no, you can't do this. You can't, what? You, you can't have uh, people coming and going. She's like, well, I mean, it's our last night here. I didn't know that. I'm sorry, but, uh, you know. And, and, and he goes, it was just supposed to be girls. Now, at that point, Ooh. my ears <laughs> are, have really perked up. And I am now listening behind the door. I'm like, what did he just say? And so she goes, well, I mean, that's... That's her husband. And, and now the guy is doing that kind of stammer where he doesn't have a good explanation or he, he can't really articulate his thoughts very well. But he's like, what? It, just, it was, it was just, just supposed to be girls, no guys. And so I now I come on the porch and I'm like, sir, what, what does that matter? And he's like, it, he won't make eye contact with me. He's doing that move. He's doing the whole, I'm not, I'm not going to look this guy in the eyes. Like, it, was it, was just supposed to be, it was just supposed to be four girls. That's it. And again, I explain, yes, but now it's two girls, one guy. I'm not seeing the problem. And he, he won't talk to me. He keeps talking to get. It, it was just supposed to be, just supposed to be girls. You know, if, 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 you know, and he starts saying something, and I can't remember it completely, and I don't want to misquote the guy. Something to the tune of, you know, if this guy leaves or something, or why is there a guy? He's very hung up on the fact that there's a man here. Now, I understand that some people have old school Christian values where it's like no unwed couples on my property or, or something. I've heard of it. I don't think that's right if you're exchanging money for to rent your property out, but at least I could understand that. This guy had already several times understood that I was betrothed to someone on the property. So that one's out the window. So at that point, we're like, we are leaving right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, because I, I am at this point very concerned uh, why he only wants single women in, in his property. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I'm like, so I, I'm like, we're going to leave. If you're, you're, I make it very clear. I'm, 
after this conversation I've had with you, sir, I don't feel comfortable leaving these girls alone on your property. So if, if this is a problem, we have to leave. And basically, he just says, fine with him. Get out. Wow. Right? Wait, yeah. hold on. Wait, did he ever say you can't stay? Like, was there um, did he just become so creepy that you guys decided to leave? Or did he put his foot down and say the, the penis isn't staying under my roof? They, yes, the, the, it, it, it was. He never outright kicked everyone out, but it was clear that they had to stay there without me. Mm. So we so we made the decision to go because gotcha. that was not happening. I almost feel like the move to make there is for you to just be like, listen, we rented the place for three people. There's no rule anywhere in our Airbnb contract that says any differently. And uh, call the fucking sheriff. We got a contract. Yeah, I don't think we really wanted to take it there at that point. That point <laughs> at that point, I was so furious that I was at a loss of words. All right. So I'm, I'm like, yeah, we're fucking out of here, pal. And so I'm like, oh, by the way, are, if, are we going to get our, our second night's uh, money back? Asshole goes... Uh, you can try and get it from Airbnb, but I'm letting you know right now, I'm fighting it. Oh! <laughs> and then he gets on his little golf cart and he goes away. So I'm at this point heated. I'm doing the I'm doing the walk back and forth. Uh, the, the girls are all packing up their stuff. I'm doing the walk back and forth, trying not to hit a wall or someone. The pace, you know. I'm doing the grind my my fist into my palm take deep breaths kind of thing because i'm like what just what just went on here what almost went on what happens if i didn't show up why is this guy so preoccupied with the fact that that now uh, these girls we thought were single suddenly have a chaperone i want to know and he wouldn't answer that question god it would have been a lot better if somebody could have gotten a fucking video so you gotta we need better co-pilots that pop out and slyly film stuff like this just because having that on tape is so much more powerful than a retelling of the story it it, it very much is and that's another hindsight 2020 i just never thought i'd be in this situation that's why i'm i'm very skeptical when i see like videos that start at the perfect time on on facebook or or twitter like that capture the whole conversation i'm like how'd you know to turn the camera on you know, like, how'd you know this, this conversation was going to go down like it did? So, I mean, because anytime I've been in a, in a conversation where someone was so obtusely in the wrong, like, my mouth is still hanging open when it's yeah. over. I, 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 it's not until, like, ten minutes later, like, I should have gotten my phone out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so did you just give him, like, the world's worst Airbnb rating or what? Well, yeah. Now, here's where I, I, I feel that I acted um, hasty is that I posted about it immediately because I was mm-hmm. so angry that I felt like this guy was a I felt this guy was a potential predator and still do all right I, I don't know if you guys feel that way from my retelling but that's how me and all the girls there felt that was the consensus that at the at very least this guy was so in the goddamn wrong that it's it was unreal that we were getting kicked out because someone's husbands arrived but we were still under the limit of people that are allowed to be there right yeah well, it, does, I, it does seem to have a negative connotation but you got to consider maybe he was just trying to do like uh, an all-female recast of rent he wanted to work through all the moves and the dance with you the gotta workshop and... that with the with the night of cast i get it <laughs> listen buddy if you were a more effeminate man maybe but quite frankly with the grizzle and the you know the scruffy and the voice and everything i'm sorry you're just you're not a right fit for this you're not all girl cabin material well listen <laughs> i i would say this i don't know because we weren't there and like i always get much more of a feeling from a person just by observing the little things that like somebody can't retell like the way their body moves and the way they react 
react to questions on their either sure. and stuff. So like I I don't get the same impression that you do. But also, there's a lot of just <sighs> you almost want to say spectrumy people out there. I could consider myself somewhat spectrumy, but I just mean in the sense that like superly socially awkward and to him maybe this is like he's Charlie's Angels except the Airbnb version of it, and Ryan coming in ruins the fantasy, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean that he's going to go try and chop anybody up into pieces. He could just be super socially awkward. However, I also understand your concern about the guy who's suddenly panicked about the fact that his cabin will not be empty of men later on in the night with the women there. So Here's here's what I'm picturing. Ryan gets all rightly indignant about this. They kind of have it out a little bit. They're like, oh, whatever. This is bullshit. Oh, you got to leave. Ryan gets all frustrated. The girls pack up. They get in the car and drive away. The old man watches the car leave. Pulls a mask off. It's Bobby, and he just whispers to himself, "King of pranks." King of pranks. <laughs> All I had to do was buy that mountain property, put it out at the right time for the right price, and wait for the market to deliver Ryan to me. Really took a bath in that golf cart, though. <laughs> so now, now, now here's the thing. Now here's where I feel I acted too hasty and out of pure emotion is I put him on blast. I put his property on blast uh, on Facebook. I said, this is exactly what just happened, all right? We drove back all the way back to San Diego, and we just had a little small dinner for that girl at our house just to kind of make up for it, you know? Now, as we're just having the night that we intended to have at this cabin at my house, this post is, is kind of blowing up, okay? People are sharing it. It's getting shared to Airbnb groups, stuff like that. And I know it. I see it. And we're all happy about it. Like, good. Tell our fucking story. This guy shouldn't be renting to people if that's how he operates. However, I decided once it reached like 300 shares or something to take it down. Now, I I just unpublished it. Uh, I still have it saved so I can reopen that can of worms whenever I want. If you're listening, you dirty old creep. No, wait, um, did you, did you link him? Like, did you find no, his name? No, and but I put him? his, I put the, I put his property up where, where it was. Okay. Okay. And I think people contacted him about it. So I took it down because I, my, my second thought when my, when I had calmed down and I was less emotional about what happened was I don't want this guy going after my friend or me for slander, you know, like his libel libel you know um uh so you know i don't want that but even though i have four you know witnesses i would win but nobody wants to spend you know eight months in court over it you know that that much we know now now here's the thing when i had that thought and did and took it down just to avoid any more trouble it made me realize and i'm gonna sound like a, a like a like a real woke dem here it made me realize why people don't report things all right, because that's that's a big issue right now. Like, oh, well, why didn't she report it? Well, because maybe she didn't want to be called a liar. Because that's the first thing that's going to happen if you make an accusation that someone's a creep. The first sure. thing that happens to you, uh, regardless of who supports you or doesn't believe you, is first the accused will be, will call you a liar. The second thing is some people are going to take their side on you being a liar. And yeah. the third thing, which is I think is the worst thing, is when you make an accusation like this, you have to operate within the bounds of the truth of just telling exactly what happened, which leads you know you guys to be like, well, I wasn't there. Well, it yep. didn't sound too bad. Well, he didn't you know put his hands on anybody, stuff sure. like that. But this other person gets to just make up whatever, and that's 
I believe what began to happen when they made the uh, the, the the report to Airbnb, uh, Airbnb, is he started saying they were throwing a wild party, blah blah blah. They were out of control. They're all on drugs. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there are some like facts that hopefully now again, God, would a video be great in hindsight twenty twenty? But like, there are some undisputable facts, like the number of people there, right? So like, right. he's like, you're throwing a wild party, like not more than four people wild. Like, well, I don't know what. Well, he can he can say there was nine, ten, twenty people there. Sure. You could also this this could definitely backfire or, or not pan out, but you could also bluff. Be like, you know what? One of my friends started recording when he came over to kick us out. We have video showing that we did nothing wrong and you being blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah that's always that's always hard if you don't actually have it, though. That's the problem. I, that, have, a, and like, I have a bad poker face when it comes to lying. Yeah, <laughs> and you can, I don't know, you can kind of tell if somebody, you kind of remember if somebody has a camera out or something. But regardless, that's a super shitty situation. Did you ever go to Airbnb and address it? Like, have you talked with them about it? The, the woman who made the reservation has. She filed a mm. report. I don't know if anything will ever come of it. But my point is, that's what sucks about a situation like this, is you have to, you have to weigh how much you want people to know that uh, a creepy thing happened to you versus retaliation. Also, I, I got to say this, uh, semi-related, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that like the idea of the money that comes with renting out your property, but don't actually want anyone on their property. Right. I feel oh, like, for sure. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of people out there. And of course, yeah, that's the dream. But uh, if you actually expect that, you have a, 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 a three-year-old's knowledge of business. Right. Like, I, I've, I've come across a fair amount of landlords and Airbnb people, all sorts of all sorts of folks that are, are down to get your money, but but have all sorts of rules. Landlords like oh uh, no no one no company over uh, uh, no alcohol on the premise. And now of course it's a sober living house. That's one thing. But people that are renting out like a property, like I had a girlfriend in college that had a a, um, uh, a landlord like that. This guy she lived over in Hillcrest. And she had this old, like, Eastern European guy. He was, like, in his 80s. Who would, He's a guy, he didn't live on the property, but he was always there, always in other people's business, always asking questions that he had no right to ask. Like, who is that that was just in your apartment? You know, stuff like that. He evicted her for because she had a man over uh, me, uh, and she was not married to me. Uh, he came. He he, he he like came barging in. He's, he's one of those guys that always would remind you, "This is my property." Like, dude, it sounds like you just want to live in this apartment complex by yourself. Maybe that's the move. <laughs> I'm saying is, if you have all these rules, like uh, no people over, no no staying up past eleven, no non Christians. Maybe you don't belong in the landlord business. Uh, one of my favorite examples of this is when I was out of college and like living downtown, single life. One of the girls that I had met had come from the Midwest. She had moved there like four months before to downtown San Diego, but had seen nothing, like no parts of San Diego. And I, I like, we got set up through work. And then I started talking to her and like, so what do you do for social stuff? And she hadn't done anything. And she had found herself in the really weird situation where she came over from the Midwest and some dude who had like a two bedroom condo downtown was advertising his place for rent. And she came in to rent it and he rented it to her. And then as she fell on like financial hard times, he was like, all right, I'll discount this rent for you. But the rules are like, now you can't have any guys over and now you can't have this. And he was very clearly trying to make this go from like a landlord to a relationship status. Yeah. In a very creepy way. And she had no choice because she had lost her job. And so she's like, 
all right, I guess now I'm living downtown and paying $400 a month because I can't have dudes over at my place. Right. And there was like this implicit thing where she wasn't allowed to go out anymore. And so like she hadn't experienced any okay, of San Diego. I'm sorry, repeat that? Yeah, again, like she, please? she like went to work, but then also because at This the guy time, was like, work at home, work at home. You know, I'm well, not find out you made any stops. Yeah, once she once she lost her job and then she couldn't go to work anymore, then like he would question her every time she was going to leave the house, and he sort of had his reasoning like, "Oh, are you going to go spend money because I'm ba- basically giving you a free place to live, so you shouldn't go be spending money." And he used that to guilt her in. So anyway, long story short, I meet her through work, and I and we I ask her to come hang I'm out. Like, and you she, should live in my place for four hundred bucks a month <laughs> and not leave my place, dude. <laughs> check this out. I ask her. Oh. I was like, "Hey, this is really fun." Like, I was like, "Hey, have you gone to this uh, this new bar that's downtown? I really like." they have a bunch of games or do you want to come with me and she oh, my goes, landlord won't allow me to do dude that. dude no joke she looked at me and she goes oh i can't and like at first i was like oh oh you're busy or something and or like she was trying to she was making an excuse she didn't want to go except she seemed like she really wanted to go and she literally said my roommate wouldn't like it and i was like all right you and i need to talk <laughs> yeah. anyway long story short i start blink twice her. if you were in immediate danger yeah, and I dated her just casually, like we were never really an item. But my favorite. I'm sorry, part did is, you run that by the landlord? <laughs> well, so here's the deal: we get to talking, and at some point, I tell her she got put back on, and now she had a job again. And I go, "Hey, listen, here's what you need to do: is you just start living your life, and if at any point he starts bitching or something, you can toss some extra money at him. But see how long you can coast on that cheap rent. But live the life you want, and just don't even bring it up." Like a week later, we had gone out a bunch. She she kept coming out, and I was finally like, "Hey, listen, we don't need to sleep together." But I'm going to go to your fucking house. Like, I just, I got to see this guy. I need to, I need him to see me. I want him to know that, like, I'm not following his rules. I want him to wait feel. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm having flashbacks to Bobby's fake uh, psychic now. Yes. He set this up. <laughs> he had his friend pretend to be the landlord. I swoop in. these rules. I, I swoop in. I go, never. You show not control. <laughs> no, but no, I don't no, no. I think, I think, I know what Bobby did. He went over there to metaphorically pee on this guy's rug. Yes, exactly. Ryan is 100% correct. And like, I have never tried to put the hard sell on a woman in terms of like, take me home or whatever, because I always felt that that came off weird and also was not effective. But I, I put the hard sell on her that night because she was like, I don't know, I don't know. And again, and I was like, listen, again, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw these condoms in my wallet in the garbage. We're not having sex tonight. But I need to go piss your roommate off. Like, I need to go in there and I need to see him. Watch me walk into your room, laugh, maybe make some fake orgasm noises, and then walk out, look him in the eyes, and leave. I need him to see that right now. And she Bobby has a whole suitcase of sound effects. He's, yeah. He's like a morning zoo DJ. He's like a prop comic going in there. He's like, I'm going to have cowbells and all sorts of stuff. She eventually uh, agreed, and we did. And he, first of all, exactly what you think, like super chubby neck beard type dude, like, ah. like obviously a programmer type thing. He sees her, he sees me. The first thing he de- does is like panics. He's never had another dude in his apartment. He was like, uh, and uh, we just walked in and it was, it was one of the most fantastic <laughs> things. We walked back out. He's clearly fuming and pissed. And I just kind of just looked at him. Hey bud, how's it going? Hey, what are you up to? What is that? And then even though I myself am a nerd. Give me all to- your Mountain Dew. Yeah, just just for fun because I think this was funny. Is he happened to be wearing like a an actually pretty clever Star Wars shirt, and so and I was it, like, "Oh, hey, what is that, Captain Picard over there? Oh, right on, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave him one of those. It was fantastic. Nice. It was, like, and then he was, tore it off him. Yeah, I think he was like one of those incel shooters. So, <laughs> yeah, you probably don't want to take it that far. <laughs> but ladies, by the way, 
either do or don't do this, but just know that there's a bunch of creepy dudes who will rent you very expensive rooms, super cheap, if you, even though they're not sleeping with you, as long as you agree not to sleep with other people. And you know, like that, that's the thing I, 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 I really do encourage people that have an extra room in their house or whatever it is, that if you're accepting money for someone living there, they're living there. They're living their life. They're yeah. an adult. They're not your, they're not your teenage kid. You, like yeah. if, if they're paying you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, you don't get to say, all right, no vis. Uh, you get to say like, hey, don't you can't smoke. You can't yeah. throw a party here. You can't, you know, you can't yeah. disturb my life beyond reason. But the fact that like, all right, no leaving this house between uh, after three p.m. or before yeah. or before seven a.m. Like, all right, you don't get to rent a room then if you have those parameters. Right. Dude, it is beyond creepy. A friend of mine, this is just two years ago, a friend of mine was uh, moving, she was looking for a room to rent, and she would show me the messages she got from guys who would offer stuff like, well, I'll let you live here for free uh, if you could think of some ways to show your appreciation yeah. for that. So yep. like, It's just the creepiest fucking shit you can imagine. And also, I mean, like, uh, I have I do have an extra room in my house, and we thought, like, hey, I mean, the pr- the, the, the prices of my area to rent my the room I have in my house, it's about 900 to $1,000, the going rate on uh, that, that we've looked at. I'm like, that would that would help out quite a bit. But then I'm like, all right, but I don't want, I don't want a guy coming and going. I don't want a person bringing random chicks back here, stuff like that i don't you know i don't want them like getting drunk and bothering me i'm like all right well if i don't want all that then i don't get the thousand bucks that's that's the deal (laughs) yeah the the that's actually to me the creepiest one like i get it times get hard and you have to do what you have to do but the person in your house like not where they're in a granny unit or like a converted garage but they're just in the third bedroom in your house that's always super weird because it's like oh totally oh we're using the same bathrooms and like we're fucking we got our stuff in the same cupboards in the kitchen and we sit down on the same couch to watch tv like this is my house and kind of your apartment this is a weird thing and this guy eats canned hamburgers who do i have living here Yeah. So speaking of creeps, by the way, uh, Ron Jeremy. Well, Who would have well, called what, it? What's it up to? About 16 women have come forward now? Oh, God. So uh, Hedgehog, I mean, adult film actor uh, Ron Jeremy, uh, he's in jail right now. And Dave, what, do you, what is it? 16 assaults? I don't know. It's got to be something like that. So this, I was in a weird predicament for about... Mm, I don't know, I'd say a day, because I, I may have mentioned this before, I may have not, but uh, me and Ron Jeremy shared the same talent agent. Uh, we had the same booking agent, so... It was a casting couch. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a black leather love seat. <laughs> How bad do you want to be in show business, right? <laughs> so, yeah... Because, uh, and I should I should point out that we had the same t- uh, booking agent for stand-up comedy, which Ron Jeremy was doing, and it was exactly as as terrible as he thought. I have not been able to say that for like the three years that we've been under the same management because I was afraid they'd drop me. He is the worst goddamn stand-up comic I have ever heard. It's all puns about his dick. Anyways, ah, I feel like I'm a, a thousand pounds lighter. <laughs> I feel like I'm a Ron Jeremy lighter. <laughs> It makes sense. <laughs> That's a good three fifty. I always knew that he was a creep in the fact that uh, he was a groper, and uh, there's no there, there's no woman he's ever talked to that he hasn't turned the conversation sexual. He's one of those creeps that just believes because he is who he is. Like if a girl at a, at a comedy show goes up and like, 
you know, can I take a picture? He's one of the guys like, you got great tits, though. Can I see those? Come on. So he's that guy. But everyone laughed it off because he's a novelty porn star from the 70s. So yeah. I always knew that he was a creep. I didn't like him. He smells. He's not, he's not talented. And he's revolting. I don't know why anyone would ever put him in any type of sexual film. But I digress. Yeah, um, he, yeah, he definitely gives off the impression that if he were to be in your car for longer than like 10 minutes on even a uh, average. Oh, you're going day, to Sobe Joe's. Like there, there would be a film left on your seats. You definitely get the you like Ron Jeremy sneezes KY lotion, right? Like you, you just get that feeling. No, I think he just uh, he sneezes green mucus. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah, he's just a, a, a revolting guy. He smells like wet hay. You can smell him coming from five feet away. He he notoriously doesn't shower, and it's very evident. It's one thing when you can tell someone doesn't shower because you smell them. He's one of the, he's that next level where you can tell they don't shower when you see them. That's a whole new level. So, anyways, I but I always knew he was a groper. There had been a thousand stories. Like I took a picture, and he grabbed my friend's boobs. He, uh, he grabbed her ass. Blah, blah, blah. I knew it was that much. Um, and of course, he's got the best excuse, too, because you're like, hey, you, you, we were just saying hi, and you grab, and we were taking a picture, and you grab my friend's boob, and he's like, I saw a camera, and I just I just do what I do when I see cameras and grab titties. Like, that's my deal. So I, I was just, I was just in that reaction. I'm sorry. He had probably the most apologists uh, outside of Trump that I'd ever seen. Like, when, <laughs> I, when I'd said something, it, it was the ultimate display of, well, what did she think was going to happen taking a picture with Ron Jeremy? There <laughs> right. was there was so many of those guys on display that I of just course. got... I got done. I, I got done arguing with them, and I'm like, fine. Fine. Right, uh, of course. Could you imagine? Like, I bet, I bet Danny DeVito donated tens of thousands of dollars to Ron Jeremy's legal defense. Can you imagine what Ron Jeremy represents to, like, short, round, hairy, unattractive men and their possibilities of sexual conquest? Like, right. he is... He is the kid who made it out of the ghetto and is in the NBA and who's doing right by the hood. That is what Ron Jeremy is to a bunch of short troll-looking men everywhere, and they will defend him to the death. But what I didn't realize when these these charges came out, I didn't realize how much literally forcible sexual assault and rape was going on. That I didn't know. Uh, so I, I and like I said, I, it is. It, I, I believe it's above ten. It started off with three. And it's it, more have come forward now, and uh, now the same defenders are making the most repugnant argument on his behalf that I've ever heard in my life. Which is, uh, and by the way, I will say that it is also known that Ron Jeremy still has women throwing themselves at him in, in, at bars after shows. He does. Sure. He does totally. And course. and it's crazy. And I don't real. I, I don't understand why. What kind of novelty story that's worth to be with a man that disgusting? But anyway, it does happen. Consensually. Not only that, but he's he's still apparently gets paid quite well if he, if he ever decides to work. Like apparently they pay him quite a bit per video if he does decide to do like a video every. Uh, if they can so, find yeah, someone he's got, to like, do legend status. Yeah, but he's I mean, got I, think, I think what you're what you're leading up to is kind of the great example that this particular case is that oftentimes sexual assault is is strictly a power thing. Like well, clearly. Yeah, Ron Jeremy could have 
he was literally being paid thousands of dollars to bang some of the hottest women any of us have ever seen on a regular yeah. basis. He had the ability, like you said, to walk into any bar or like music venue and have some really hot 30-year-olds throw themselves at him because he's Ron Jeremy, and yet he still forced himself. It's not because it is a sexual thing. It's not because he suddenly desires sex. It's because that is a way to dominate another human being. I don't, you yeah, know, it's control. I, I, it is. I, I also think there's a, there's a, there's a level of like, um, I think it's why you see a lot of uh, rock stars come under the same uh, scrutiny is they have this, they, they, they develop this mentality of, Hey, uh, a bunch of these chicks want me. I was, uh, I was kind enough to choose you and you're going to say no. Hell no. I think that's the, the kind of mentality they develop after a while. Which sure, is, there's that, there is that entitlement, but you also have to remember that, let, let's say you have that kind of entitlement, but you don't have a problem with domination or hurting other people. And then you take this girl back and she doesn't do what you thought she was going to do. And all of a sudden you still want to bang and she doesn't. You don't flip out and rape her because you don't want to lose your millions and go to jail. You just walk back to the backstage area and pick a different roadie, right? Like the, the, the idea of going from like, hey... You know, I want you to have sex and you're not doing it too. I'm forcing you to have sex involves more than just like entitlement and desire. Like you have to actually have some kind of desire to dominate that other person and like subvert their will. Yeah. So I, I, um, I, I, I was so worried for a while for, for a day because uh, when you got arrested and all these horrible things came out, I was like, uh, can I stay with this management company if they don't drop them? And here's the thing. I, I had this moral dilemma, but the thing is, I'm still a nobody. If I if I walk away from the... Uh, I don't have other agencies beating right. down my door. Yes. And he yeah. was making them a lot of money. So I'm sure. like, ah, uh, this is just goodbye to a booking agent maybe forever. <laughs> so as I was making the decision... Luckily, Goldnars Entertainment, they made a statement like, we are done with that creep, he has dropped. I was like, woohoo! I don't have to make a moral decision! <laughs> <laughs> well, at least now uh, you can defend him online in case anybody tries to smear his good name. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing that um, happened recently, uh, Aaron and I took a little vacation. We went out to Havasu first time. We did a move that we like to do where we, there's a, it was a holiday weekend coming up, uh, Labor Day. When that happens, we don't go on the actual holiday. We think that's a rookie move. We like to just go like a few days before during the week, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leave Saturday when all the fucking crowds start showing up, and then have a couple days to recover in our house. You know what I mean? Right. That's the move. But you have sure. to take like three days off work. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. It. Well, that it does sound like a good move. <laughs> that's what you save those for, and then you combine it with these days, the uh, the weekend and the and the, the paid holiday. Now sure. you have a whole big long vacation. Yes. Um, that you only have to use half your PTO for. Anyways, we do that. We have a fine time. We went out and did uh, stayed at a casino in Yuma, then went to Havasu, stayed in the lake. It was a fun time. The very last day that we st- that we were there was Saturday. Okay. Um, and, uh, that was the day that we were going to wake up at the hotel, pack our bags, eat breakfast at the hotel and drive back to San Diego. Let me start by saying that we understood that Arizona is a conservative area. Okay. 
for for the uh, Thursday and Friday, we were at this hotel that was right on the lake. It was beautiful. Um, you know, we saw a couple MAGA hats. No big deal. Uh, when, when These days, when you're on vacation, you see a MAGA hat, we're not those people that go, fuck you, Black Lives Matter. You know, we, we, it's just like we roll our eyes. Sometimes we even have some good conversations with the people we don't bring that particular symbol of hate up. We actually ended up hanging out for a whole afternoon with a guy that turned out to be a Trump supporter. We were fine with it. He, he even he mentioned it briefly. He's like, yeah, you know, I didn't vote for the guy the last election, but, you know, he's actually done some good things for me financially, blah, blah, blah. We are not so triggered by a, a MAGA hat that it upsets us. However, on the way out that Saturday, leading into Labor Day weekend at this hotel on the lake, where a lot of boats and jet skis congregate, this was not normal, just Trump people showing up. This was a cult that showed up, and it showed up in a drill. As we were, as we were pa- packing our car with our bags and about to go get some breakfast at the hotel restaurant, these people showing up weren't simply wearing MAGA hats. They were wearing these all-out Trump hats, Trump bandana, Trump t-shirts with fucking repugnant, like, uh, I'll murder and rape all the libs, uh, Trump flags on everything, guys wearing... To be honest, that sounds like just a regular Trump supporter to me. (laughs) I think it'd be ironic if, like, their extent to not wearing masks, they wanted, they, like, weren't satisfied with that, so they actually have some leaf blowers hooked up to, like, push their breath (laughs) even further into community standards. (laughs) It was these people, and they were in some sort of frenzy. Now, keep in mind, we're not at a Trump rally, we're not at, like, a, uh, a... BLM counter-protest or something where they should be getting this heated. These people are arriving to their vacation where they ostensibly worked through the month looking forward to to go pounding some Bud Lights and going out in their speedboat and hopefully crashing into each other. It's like, this is their relaxing and these guys show up in the morning in a frenzy. There is a guy red in the face just screaming Trump over and over again. There is There are people where every article there's a guy with a Trump sharpie across their face and all down their arms. This is now. Well, to be fair, that was a misunderstanding. That guy lost to bum fights, and then they had to get the tattoo <laughs> across nice his reference. forehead. Yeah, Trump fights. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So now, all right. These people, and, and, and they're arriving like zombies. And the thing is, these kinds of people—they're kind of like zombies. One or two by themselves are not very scary, but when you get a horde of about 200 of them and it's just you, then things start to get a little uneasy. So, yeah, it's like, you're like, I can I can outrun most of your rascal scooters, but one or two of you <laughs> might catch me. Yeah, and these guys are all ages. There's there's dudes from, from 20 all the way to, like, looks like 80, and they are doing the most stereotypical shit. There's, as we're packing the car, this guy with what, not one, not two, but count them four gigantic Trump flags on his one little truck pulls up blasting that song so i'll surely stand up next to you and defend her still today i'm like you can't possibly actually like that song <laughs> so anyway i never heard that song did you just make that up i did not no that was that was a song written for the gulf war and every time and, and then when, when, the, when the when the like planes hit the towers 9-11 remix <laughs> um yeah that that's the ultimate song of dudes like, I never served in the military, but I'll act like I fucking did. So, uh, my new passive aggressive thing, because I see a lot of those guys at gas stations in the East County, my new passive aggressive thing that I've discovered that really gets under people's skin but seems like you're being helpful is to comment about certain mechanical issues that their truck has. Like when they pull up, I'm, I go, hmm, sounds like you got a loose serpentine belt there, a bit of a squeal, you know, 
truck maintenance is important. And like walk away, just really sick it to him. It's like it gets him in the part of that that brain of like, oh no, he's insulted my masculinity. <laughs> now, as I'm as I'm like just getting a bag of ice for our cooler from the from the store that's right next to the restaurant, and, and by the way, Aaron's Aaron's freaking out at, at the, because everywhere she looks, it's someone with a hilarious slogan about libtards on their shirt. All of a sudden, as we're leaving the uh, the convenience store, this guy has some some shirt that says "Libtards." I didn't read it because it was dumb. Probably actually said that though. Yeah, I might could have. <laughs> and this guy comes up, and this is the actual conversation. A stranger stopped him to say, "Oh man, uh, shirt Libtards." I got I got this I got this Libtard at my work. He's a huge one. Uh, his name's Zach. So like this, I nicknamed him. Zach Tard. And they all burst into hysterics. And I was sitting there like, that story was so funny to you that you told it again to a stranger? <laughs> you brought that off. He killed the room with that. You brought that up anecdotally? That's something you say when you have nothing else to say. And, and then as we're trying to leave, uh, a gigantic truck with a gigantic speedboat uh, attached to it. Guess how many Trump flags? Come on, come on, come on. Guess how many? Between the truck and the boat. I'm going to say just one. It's tastefully done. <laughs> Bobby, you dummy. Dave. Seven. It was five. It was five. Uh, um, anyways, it blocked our car in because the guy decided to I dump. feel like that was anticlimactic. He didn't compliment us on our guesses. He was just like, no, you're both wrong. You're both wrong. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, you didn't say a limiting factor of integers. And so he did have one <laughs> flag plus four other flags. And my answer would technically be correct. Bobby, don't gay this podcast up, okay? <laughs> yeah. Edit that out. So, um, anyway, this guy blocks us in because it, like, we're trying to check out. We're at the registration desk. He blocks our car in. Uh, I, I kind of run after him, like, hey, man, what, can you just pull up a little bit? And he just kind of, like, stares at me, like, where do you want me to pull up to? I, I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, I, 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 can, can, we, can we just get our car out? He shakes his head at me. It wasn't until about, I would love to say that I did this, but it wasn't until about 20 minutes later uh, when, I, uh, when we were already on the road when I realized what the move is with these guys. You got to act like you're a bigger supporter than them. They're like, you got to oh, say, absolutely. You gotta say yeah. something like, oh, so you think that this uh, whole parking lot's just for you. Sounds like a liberal snowflake to me. Very entitled. That's how you get them to go I was going to say, if, when he said, where do you want me to move it to? You should just be like, Trump! <laughs> yeah. And he would get in there and start doing donuts. <laughs> Speedboat goes flying off. <laughs> I believe you mean he would have gotten there and started eating donuts, but yes, yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> so I like I do like the being Trumpier than Trump. I mean the nice thing about boats is that they're fiberglass, so you just go, okay, and you go back to your car and start hucking pennies at the, the side of the boat until he moves it and hopefully cause a few hundred dollars worth of damage. That's the secondary route. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyways, my whole point is I've never before – I did feel like I was – found myself in the middle of a cult meeting and desperately hoping no one realized I wasn't part of that same cult. It was the first time in this presidency where I felt unsafe, where I felt like, oh, my God, like these people are working themselves into a frenzy. Is this all they do all day? They scream until they're red in the face? And uh, I'm like, this is not a – Now they also beat their wives. Huh. Oh, I didn't tell you about that. <laughs> they oh, had a meeting. <laughs> yeah, guys, we've got a lot of lower tarsal injuries. We need you to start using more backhands. Bobby, funny you should mention. As, 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 they offered Ryan a swing at a guy's leg. 
Yeah, hey, stranger. It was like, yeah. No, at, at a Trump rally, it's like a carnival game. Like uh, uh, yeah. $3 gets you three punches. Uh, $5 gets you six punches. That's where you see the savings. I imagine in one of them, uh, they go to a, a children's playground where they have those spinning things that you used to spin around on, and they have all the wives circle around it, and you just get spun around with one hand extended so you could slap them all with one motion. So literally, as we're at breakfast, there's a guy at our next table, Magat, and he's got um, his wife, who's way too pretty for him. She's a, she's a, she's a blonde girl, lady, and he's got like four kids. And uh, all of a sudden he gets a phone call, puts it on speaker, and starts doing that loud, obnoxious thing where he's talking like this in the middle of a restaurant. Yeah, we're on the lake right now, Timmy. Yeah, we're on the lake now. Uh-huh. Hey, look, I'll, I'll put you on FaceTime and see the water. Yeah, I'm getting eggs. What are you eating? So he's bothering everybody. Okay. First of all, the, the loud, obnoxious thing happens the second you put yourself on speaker in a public venue. Motherfucker, you shouldn't even be having actual phone conversations like in, a, in those public venues because you end up being too loud. But if you put yourself on speaker in a public venue, everybody in that room has the right to take one free shot, non-face shot at you. Like one good gut punch at you if you put your, spe- your phone on speaker in a public venue. But here's, here's where I'm going to disagree with Ryan that he was bothering everybody. He was bothering you. Everybody else is just an asshole like him. They don't give a shit. That's true. Like they, hey, you know what? When in Rome. They're on board with that. No, assholes get bothered by other assholes, for sure. Not Sometimes even not, more I'm, so than the rest of us. Not the Trump cult people. Eh. No. So, anyways, the wife that he's with, again, was way too pretty for him. And I was sitting there uh, contemplating, like, like, she's out of his league. She speaks, and then it made sense. She goes... Jerry, no, no, Jerry, you talk too loud. I'm like, oh, there it is. Oh, mail order, Brian. There it is. It was a well, thick Well, that guy loved so much, he decided to do his move. I know. That's <laughs> the thing. You, you, I, he, this guy's like Trump cosplaying. Yeah. So, so uh, like, I, I, I mean, this accent is thick. Like, and by the way, like, their oldest girl, she looked like 16. So I'm like, this lady's been in the country a while. She spoke no English 16 years ago when yeah, you are trying to purchased her. You're trying to do, like, the, the math on it. You're like, let's see, 16 years, really bad, seems to be pretty goddamn desperate based on this guy. I'm gonna go Chechnya. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you know what? It wasn't a mail-order bride. It was just a woman who was looking for a room to rent a long time ago. Yeah. So I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rent you this room, but you can't learn English. <laughs> and you, you got to have four with kids me. with me. <laughs> so anyways, uh, she's like trying to like very politely wave him down. She's like, she's trying to do that little hand thing. Like, no, 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 Jerry, no, too loud. And uh, because she wasn't, the guy was annoying everybody. And finally he hangs up like, all right, I'll see you later. He puts the phone down and goes, what? And she goes, you speak very loud. If I was in the restaurant at another table, I would be very upset if someone talked that loud near me when I'm eating. And he went, why don't you shut the fuck up and go eat more bacon? Whoa. I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's not bad advice. <laughs> the bacon part is what sold me. I will, I, I will bring Aaron into this room on microphone to testify that was his exact words because they burned into my ears. He told his own wife in front of his four kids... Why don't you shut the fuck up and go eat more bacon? And I, 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 I like started choking on my fucking melon. I'm like, oh, oh god! So it, it's one of those things. And and, and like the, the conversation at that table again, he didn't actually hit her. Of, of course, th- th- that I would have intervened. But it's one of those things where you just hear a man talking to his wife like that at another table. Like, at what point do 
need to intervene. This is like, I just had to listen to this poor Russian lady get verbally abused in front of her four kids uh, uh, by her husband for like a good half hour. And every time he spoke to her, it was fucking terrible. Like, his kid was like bothering him, like, Dad, Dad, play. He's like, why you and uh, the the, um, the wife was like, uh, how about we go to the store? And like, good, you're finally doing something. I'm like, God damn it! You know so, what's you know what the the most interesting part about this is this happened in Arizona, and so theoretically speaking, this guy could be talking shit to his wife like this, and then from two tables around, a large imposing black man could turn around. You could realize it was DMX, and he could say, Hey, come on, let's respect the ladies a little bit. Oh, I don't, I think this guy it was playing it pretty safe that there would be no one of DMX's complexion at this particular <laughs> hotel. And, I just I just mean he could take it so far that DMX, who's I I think he's pistol whipped more women than most of us has seen naked. Oh, that's where <laughs> yeah, you would go with that. DMX would be like, "Hey, buddy, it's a little much. Come on, I know we're in Arizona, but let's not go crazy here." <laughs> yeah, but my whole point is like I like I said before this day. At that hotel, I'd hung out with some Trump supporters. I This might surprise you guys or listeners. I have friends that are Trump supporters. I have a couple. And they're not like this, though. They're just people like, yeah, I've, I've talked to them about it. Um, you know, we can get along despite it. I understand why they particularly have those views. But when it comes to people with this level of cult-like fanaticism, those people are frightening to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's like thankfully, that final as seen an invasion of the body snatchers, it is like, oh shit! I hope they don't know I'm not one of them. That's I, exactly I, what we felt. I'm like, oh god, thank god we're white, or they tear us apart. Totally, and you think how crazy, how scary that'd be if you weren't white. But I also think that it, it brings up and, another point, which well, is that we. It's like, it, and, that, I felt guilty too. That I'm like, I'm like, oh fuck! Like I, I, I'm, I'm coasting on the fact that I'm not a, a shade darker, or these fucking animals would rip me to pieces. All we have to do is plan more of these boat regattas because apparently <laughs> like one tenth of the crafts that are involved in them sink. Yeah. So if we just continue, we just keep planning, it will be like Russian bots. We'll like, <laughs> you know, set this up from afar as if it's a, a Republican thing. Then they'll go out and they'll just continually do it until there's no fucking boats left. Yeah. And and, uh, and honestly, it disheartened me to be there. Like it, Because, again, this wasn't supposed to be a Trump boat parade, but it looked exactly like it did in those pictures of wherever that was. What was it, Texas? Texas. Yeah. yeah. And on our way out, we had to cross the London Bridge to get out, um, yeah. out of Arizona. They had covered it with people with just racist slogans and all sorts of shit, um, just, just covering that bridge. And I'm like, it is 111 degrees out. Like, you are in a cult. Why are imagine you doing this to yourself? This is your vacation. Dude, imagine how mad those people would be if they were smart enough to realize London is the country we fought for our independence from. <laughs> and they're on a bridge named after it. Oh, there's Not no named way after it. It came, it came from there. That was London Bridge. Literally, Arizona bought it when they took it down, the bridge over Thames, and was like... Those people would have been so mad if they knew Oh, that. absolutely. <laughs> oh, you're over absolutely. here on this... For- that, that, that's where you have to get them, like, oh, you're over here on this foreign bridge. I, I praise Trump on an American bridge. I'm a real patriot. <laughs> I like how in Dave's mind, they're all just, like, assuming it's, like, London, Connecticut. Like, <laughs> they thought oh, the bridge sure. was made. 
Hey, there's Paris, Texas. Yeah, they so that's think right. there's fucking... It's London, <laughs> Ontario. There's technically Paris, California, which, by the way, I think is California's prank on the country of France. Like, when we decided to name Paris, California, we're like, we're going to take the biggest asshole part of our country that everybody just either drives through to get to Vegas or jumps out of a plane in and name it after your famous cosmopolitan city. Yeah. The only thing better is that, it, I don't know if you've ever been to the eastern side of the Salton Sea, but there's literally like a town of like 30 people there named Mecca. And it's like, again, oh, oh in, God. I in thought the, you meant all the people were named Mecca. No, well, but like fucking weird. the biggest asshole part of the, the state. And they're like, let's name it Mecca so that <laughs> Muslim people pray to it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, before we go, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about these fires happening. Yeah. So, um, Apparently, someone's having a girl. First of all, congratulations. That was, the, I think that's the San Bernardino fire that got sodded by the. the no, no, that, that the gender reveal party was here in San Diego. No, no the San Diego fire no, no. is still an unknown cause. The, the right, gender the, reveal was San Bernardino. Oh, San Bernardino? Yeah. Oh, what started our fires then? So some we don't asshole? Know. It's still unknown. It's down on Hapatool. I was actually there literally the week before it started. Uh, one of the only things you can do in like a quarantine scenario with kids, they had like a nature preserve out there, and you go out there and you wear masks and you're like 50 feet from everyone anyway. And you walk around. And so I had been out to that exact spot the week beforehand. And uh, a lot of good brush out there in that Hapatool region. That's near that place I told you about that I call Little Appalachia, where there's like weird family units that live 45 minutes from San Diego but never came in here. And they all brew meth and fuck their sisters and stuff. So like that, there's a... Yeah, so maybe that'll burn some of them out. But it started over there. It started going a little bit west because we had some Santa Anas. They were able to control it. The wind shifted. It jumped east, went all the way to Corte Madera, like all the way to near Pine Valley. And now, starting today, we were supposed to get crazy Santa Anas. We didn't, thankfully. But we might get some in the next few days. That's what's really scary is those Santa Anas, they blow the opposite way. They blow westward towards the coast. And so those big right. mountain fires out there can all of a sudden threaten populated areas because you get a huge brush fire going and then it jumps up the hill and it's in El Cajon. And like all of a sudden this thing that's burning tens of thousands of acres is in a city. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it's very frightening because it, it, it keeps coming towards where I live. And uh, it, you know, it, it was so far away where I'm like, we saw it burning when we came back from Havasu. I'm like, all right. This is so far away. I don't have to worry about it. And then two days later, like, hey, guess what? It's 1% contained. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, oh, man, our, fr- our friend Dewey, uh, I want to bring this up. Our friend Dewey lost his house in these fires. Uh, is, uh, Dewey Bratcher. He, so we want to just take a minute to shout him out. If you can go find him on his GoFundMe. Let me try and find the link to that. We can link it when we post the pod. Too. Yeah, he, oh, yeah, he yeah. was out in Hamul, which is an eastern part of the county. And uh, he was unfortunately one of the first 10 that lost their houses, the initial yeah. like, structure out. And this is a really special guy to me. He and I worked the road when we first started out as comics. He's, he's a guy that's over at my home for every UFC fight. I love this guy. Everyone on the pod does. But anyway, all I'm going to make sure that we post his Go, GoFundMe again when I post this episode. But anyways, Bobby, yeah, you were saying about the fire. Sorry. Well, yeah, so right right now we're in this weird period where we might get it contained tonight or the winds might pick up and it might cause like millions of dollars worth of damage. So we'll see what happens. Right now it's burned 17,000 acres, which makes it the biggest single fire since uh, 08 uh, where the Cedar the Cedar fire, which burned most of San Diego. Cedar, 08 o- was crazy. Yeah. 08 and 03 are not only the biggest fires in San Diego County, Cedar and uh, Witch Creek, I believe. But they're the biggest, some of the biggest fires in California history. And there was uh, a there was a pandemic around that time. No, 
Uh, 03 was SARS, but it never, yeah, I don't think, it didn't really hit Southern California, so it wouldn't have been our deal. But yes, this is looking a little bit less scary than it was like two or three days ago, but there was a point two or three days ago where it looked like it could be doing a whole shit ton of damage. It still might, and where it is, like I'm very familiar with the area in which it is currently burning and all the structures and stuff. It is very, very lightly populated. Most of the area is actually Cleveland National Forest, and there's one large landowner there who still owns most of the land in that area from the Mexican land-grant area. Her name is uh, Charlotte Fry, and she owns like 18,000 acres. So most of it is like literally burning her property and Cleveland National Forest. It's going towards, by the way, the richest neighborhood in America up in the San Diego Mountains where the owners of uh, Walmart and McDonald's and all those companies oh! are. They got evacuated, <laughs> by, believe it or not. And so it's going up to but that their way, mansions but- didn't. Yeah. So if the uh, if the thing if the wind shifts, it could come back around. And what people are worried about is that it come back around via the eight, which is the main free east west freeway artery in San Diego. And if it came up that valley, if it came westward down that valley, that's like where Ryan's house is and stuff. That's where it would cause you know right. insane damage if that happened. Yes, and and and, and the, the only tragedy would be if my house went. So right, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. Well, let's call it a week, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Sorry that, that we have to be a little bit sporadic about when we post this and when we record. We are doing our best, but we will see you when we see you. Uh, I'm Ryan for Dave and Bobby saying see you sometime. Cruising with the twos. A bunch of these chicks want me. I was uh, I was kind enough to choose you, and you're going to say no? Hell no. Motherfucking time is passing by